All right, we'll get this underway. Make sure I've got everything up. Talking too much. Here we go. All right. Uh, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, all right, let's get this going. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another interview on MMA Nation. As you can see, we have a legend, an absolute pioneer of MMA here with us today. And he transitioned. He's looking to go elsewhere. Mark Hunt, an absolute pleasure. How are you? Hey, brother. Thanks hey, for having the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Can't wait. Obviously, the news came out the other day that you're coming out of retirement. You're eyeing up BKFC. It broke the internet. It broke the news for me, myself, anyway. I used to, I, I love watching you, whether it was in UFC, whether, you know, your, your boxing last few years. It was great. And, it, you know, it's good to see a pioneer back. Yeah, thank you, man. Looking forward to it. It's been a, it's been a minute. Uh, probably a year, I think. Um, it's been like maybe seven since I've had an MMA fight, but um, had a couple of boxing yeah. fights since then. But um, you're really keen on this uh, Bianaku, you know? So be talking to Big Mickey and, uh, you know, um, and Dave, and seeing if we can put it over the line and, uh, you know, get this fucking <laughs> underway. <laughs> Throwing hands down in the down there somewhere right there. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd love to talk about, you know, the decision to come back after, you know, just over a year. And I mentioned, um, you know, you, you talk to me more about, you know, the decision to come back. I've I, I seen where you said elsewhere. It's about the Benjamins. Is that is, sure. is that is that what you feel like? It, you know, it's just all about the money round. Well, of course, it's about getting, you know, I was interested in that Benaco title, but, you know, fighting uh, for me as a prize fight, it's always been about, um, uh, you know, the pingers and the, the dollars and cents, you know, um, I don't get punched in the face because I love it. I get punched in the face for, for the other end, you know, it's, I love what uh, fighting provides for me. So, um, you know, not like, no one like anyone that says they love to get punched in the face or kicked in the face or out in the face for free is lying, lying. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> So that yeah, so it's incentive uh, financially incentive to start with. You know, I've had a rough um, last four years, to be honest, uh, with everything going on. You know, I had a couple of lawyers that are, you know, I, people say I didn't have a, a, a stand a chance with this, this lawsuit, but um, I never had a chance with this lawsuit with these lawyers. They were just corrupted, you know, to be honest. And when I realised, um, you know, they were corrupted, I even thought the judge was corrupted. But um, you know, the judge can't rule on what she can't see. But um, these lawyers, you know, Christina Denning and Brian Boshi, you motherfuckers shouldn't have a license, to be honest. You guys give a black eye to the to the, to the the legal system in your country. So you guys should be ashamed of yourselves, to be honest. So, yeah, I've had a rough few years with this um, lawsuit. But, you know, I'm coming back, um, yeah, um, you know, make some, some money and uh, get that bare-knuckle title, you know. You know, talking to Big Mick yesterday, um, he's a, he's a, he's a, he seems like a really nice person, you know, to be honest. So... It was hard to try and talk smack with him, but um, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, but I'll be looking forward to uh, to throwing hands if it ever comes to fruition. So yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to see that fight with Mick. I, you know, I, I think he's a game opponent. You know, he loves a scrap, as we saw in his last fight against Arnold Adams. Arnold Adams, they won the belt, so it, it, it would be a good fight. If we entertain the scrap, I'd love to see that happen down the line. If not next, what do you make of that matchup? You met your man. It's hard to talk shit to a guy who's so nice. So. What, what, what do you well, make? Have you seen any clips of him or watched any clips recently? I did watch um, him fight uh, Big Panda, and I um, because I did a little, little bit of work at Pat with Panda and, and Phuket. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, I don't know if he's up to par with me. You know what I mean? So um, you know, I get um, like they said, it's a, the most violent sport in the in the world. But you know, I'm built for this shit. <laughs> I was built. I was built for 
for this gypsy kind of fighting to be honest so before i was actually a proper fighter I was actually fighting so you know looking forward to it if it ever comes fresh man you know i give him one of these baby <laughs> yeah and that's the it old famous walk off ko right hands that's the one that's the, the hand of God right there, my friend. This is the <laughs> hell hand, and that's the hand of God, <laughs> As I come and strike you down upon thee, you're uh, anger and vengeance, and you don't know my name is the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> this is brilliant. I love it. Um, I'd love to go back. Obviously, uh, you know, obviously, when you mentioned that, you, when you knew that you were coming out of retirement, talk to me through that. What, what, what was that flip, that switch, when you sat down and you realized, what am I doing? I'm going to fight again. Talk to me through that day, that moment. When was it? Where was it? Well, I was just sitting around at home and looking at the options that I had with different things. You know, um, you know, the judge that threw in my, throwing my case out, and you know, I'd be talking to the antitrust lawsuit boys. But and I said it again. You know, I've got um, a few different options here. You know, I can um, uh, there's one route I can go this way, and there's another route. So, like I said, I want to go the right route where all these people that are involved, like I said before in other interviews, the monster is looking that way. You know, and, and he's giving you a chance to go that way but you have to pay severance to the boss to the monster if not everything i said in the past will come to fruition without a doubt without a fucking doubt so um it wasn't hard to make that uh the choice to come back i don't you know i don't need um it's uh, it's for me i think it's a, it's a great thing um you know some people have not much options to do different things but um you know i'm glad i have a platform i have great an opportunity for, for people like you guys to put my uh, message out there to get back into fighting and especially um, have a lot of interest for combat, especially about that um, that bare knuckle bout, to be honest, to start with. You know, like I said, I, I grew up as a child. I, I, I dreamed about three bouts. You know, I got, I got two bouts. I got one bout, the K1 world title. Um, and I was chasing the pride bout, the dream bout, and then the UFC bout. I never got none of them. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, why, but, well, you know, because I lost some fights against different things. But anyway, it is what I, I didn't make those bouts. So I think maybe um, the bare knuckle bout will be the next one. And then who knows what the, what the one after that may be. It might be, um, well, you know, I've already got the KFC bout, but, you know, <laughs> not just. <laughs> well, who knows? We'll see what happens, you know. But, um, yeah, so that that moment in time when I sat there weighing up my options and, um, and I said to myself, you know what, I'm going to go and, and battle again and throw down with these fools. I don't think they'll have to scratch anyway. So that's absolutely and yeah absolutely I think that, that, let's see let's see what happens um with the announcement when you, obviously you came out and you obviously put on your instagram you mentioned boxing uh and you mentioned also june is that something that's set in stone or is it set in stone in your mind that's june june that's the date that you want well that's the day i'll be ready you know um i'll be ready to go i mean i can't get around I'm sitting here with my stomach out here that's it <laughs> but i need to, i need to get ready and and give it a good, a good crack. So, you know, I'll be, I'm excited about um, going back into um, to the wars, and especially with my age. You know, like I'm 50 in March, but um, and like I said, I don't get beaten up for free. I beat your ass up for nothing. You know what I mean? It's a, <laughs> you, you are, it's, it's, I do it for for financial gain, and that's the, the bottom line. So, Absolutely. Uh, BKFC, obviously the decision to come out, and obviously, you know, men, you mentioned BKFC straight away. Um, it, it, what was the decision there? Obviously, you mentioned it's the most violent sport to take the gloves off. How are the old, um, the Andes and the hands, how, how are they feeling right now? And how does it feel to take off the, you know, the gloves into, a, as you mentioned, the most violent sport? What was the decision there? 
well, like I said, it's already been a finance in the hands. So, you know, you can see for yourself, they're not too bad. They're, they're, they're maintaining, but, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I, um, you know, I, like I said before, I was actually a proper fighter. I was fighting, but, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I'd love to actually just uh, do it. I've seen a little bit of it. And I've been talking with uh, Ben Oka for a while now. I just, we didn't, um, you know, um, didn't sign the dotted line. That's all. So we'll see where it goes from here. Absolutely. You mentioned Mick earlier. Obviously, it's a fantastic fight. I'd love to see that one um, obviously play out. But you talked about the hand of God. Obviously. That's um, it right there. Look at that shit. Yeah. <laughs> that should have ripped your asshole like that. Like the size of the Grand Canyon, my friend. I'll hit you so... Like I said to that fucking... Uh, what's his... That fucking little rat. What's his name? And um, Nah, the other rat. <laughs> that other... Yeah, uh, the that's the one, the juggernaut. Jeez, he's got my last and, and he's trying to steal my fucking branding name. Jeez, I, like I said to that fool, there's only one unstoppable force that's God, you know what? When I'm going to hit that, I'm going to hit that fool so fucking hard his grandkids are going to have no fucking teeth and his kids and their kids are going to be fucking cross-eyed, you know what I mean? So I'll hit that motherfucker. So I'm, boom! That's what I, mm, that's it. This <laughs> <laughs> brilliant, honestly. I love his stuff. Um, I was like, you threw me off guard, absolutely. Um, this, is, this is incredible. But how do you see, you know, obviously a fight playing out against Mick, against Lorenzo? You mentioned that, you know, the boys that you've mentioned, how do you see? Obviously, you just talked about the right hand. Obviously, you just see that being a big statement then. You know, the right hand knockout and getting these knockouts over and obviously in BKC. Dude, if I hit you with one of these, bro, man, you're going to get clapped. You're going to get Brilliant. clapped. Right up, oh. man. Boom, you're out. <laughs> Like I said, your grandkids are going to be having no teeth after hit you, bro. No teeth. No goddamn teeth. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, you mentioned earlier, obviously, you know, the dream belt, the UFC belt, obviously, you know, you know, the prize belt, the BKFC belt. It, you know, if if you fought Mick, obviously that would be on the line, you know, if he still has it at the time, or if next or whatever. But how, how huge is that as the motivation you know, at this stage of your career? Or would it just be added motivation, you know, to get you up earlier in the morning? I know it's 8 oh, a.m. Imagine, right imagine, imagine having that uh, bare knuckle belt, you know, because to me that's like uh, gypsy fighting, to be honest. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's badass. Like I said, it would be amazing. And uh, so long as we can get a few things in the contracts, it'll be great. So, um, man, yeah, it'll be exciting to um, to battle in that arena. Um, I battled in most other arenas. Um, but this one here is uh, like gypsy fighting is uh, with a ref, so it's awesome. That's pretty cool. So <laughs> that's it. <laughs> it. It would be good as well, obviously, if you went over, won the belt. It would be good for the BKFC. I don't know if they have had a show, but it would be good for the BKFC to come over to Australia. Oh, you know, wherever you want to do it. You want to do it in the freaking car park in your backyard? I can come anywhere, bro. I'll come anywhere. I'll come to your house and do it if you want. I'll come knock on your door and we can battle in the lounge. We can battle in the lounge, my friend, in the kitchen. <laughs> Wherever you want. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> Your energy is fantastic, Mark. It, 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 honestly, it's incredible. Uh, I know you said my back, I, but I know you post nah, me. Uh, <laughs> you all good, my friend? You all good? <laughs> no, <jokes. laughs> I don't know you have this much energy at 8 a.m. in the morning. It's crazy. Well, you know, just, uh, just uh, no, that's it. Honestly, it's, I, I know I mentioned, you know, uncensored, but it's, you know, I, I love this sort of stuff. I, I like, I like when fighters come on and, you know, be themselves. That's all I want at the end of the day. This is good. I love it. Um, you also mentioned Jake Paul. Uh, you sent me a text. You said, you know, I want to hey, talk about Jake Paul as well. Know, Let's I talk about this. that. I've been getting, I've, 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 been getting, 
I've been getting told. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that. I've been getting told by some told. fucking some fucking spastic, and he's got his name is like Jake Paul. This beats fucking trolling me. I said, this motherfucker, right here. These guys, bro. Some trolls <laughs> give me doing those ones. I started laughing. <laughs> yeah, look, of course. Like I said, any um. Um, just getting on, like I said, I didn't, I didn't realize it was a different weight, but you know, we've been speaking with the camp, uh, you know, we've been talking, talking, and that's it. But we'll see how, how if it goes anywhere, you know what I mean? So, end of the day, it only takes one of these, baby the right hand of God. <laughs> uh, you know, is that a serious fight that you know it's, it's kind of being talked about? Well, like I said, uh, my, my management, my crew were talking with his. Um, seeing if we can get it happening, but you know, we'll see what happens. You know, Gabriel's been talking with a lot of different people in Saudi and um, Bahrain, a few other places, but you know, we'll see what happens. You know, Saudi. Week, the Bianco, we've been talking with, um, especially with um, Dave Feldman, and uh, like I said, it would be interesting to um, get this Bianco scrap underway. <laughs> I'd love for you to be that your next one. Um, it seems like mix up for it as well. That, that obviously. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to come to your, to your hometown in London and to come and do it there. That'd be fucking wow. amazing. <laughs> um, I'd love to get that one in. Obviously, if you came over in Newcastle, would be fantastic. We have, you know, we have a few, we have a few arenas here. Put it there. It BKFC at the Utility Arena holds about nineteen thousand with Mark Hunt on the show. I, surely you, you feel that. There you go, right there, Dave. Fabian. You heard it from the man himself. Let's get that thing happening over to over there in London. You know. It'll be that. Absolutely. Uh, lastly, you mentioned there, 2024. Obviously, it's going to be going on to be a fantastic year. You know, you're back in action. Um, in an ideal world, I saw you mentioned four fights. Talk to me about that schedule. What does that look like? In an ideal world, what is that? What you want it to look like? Uh, one boxing fight and maybe three uh, bare knuckle fights with the bout on the way. You know, like I said, I, I when I left the UFC, I um I said I wanted to fight six more times. I've had um, since that departure seven years ago. I had uh, I've had two boxing fights, so I've got four fights left. I didn't know that why six the number was six, but um now I know why because that that bare knuckle bout is waiting for it's waiting for Daddy to come home and get it. <laughs> and I got come down and to England and pull their pants down and kick them up the house and that's it. You mentioned boxing there. Is that um just at, it, would that be in Australia as well? Or it doesn't matter. To me, it doesn't matter. Like I said, I don't mind coming to your backyard anywhere. I can I can do it anywhere underwater. I can do it under <laughs> fucking water if you want. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, I remember you you mentioned this story on MA Hwani, uh, obviously the MAI was well. Shout out to Hwani, absolutely fantastic show. Um, it's, it's good to see the publicity that you're getting. Obviously, you're a legend, you're a pioneer and stuff like that. But then some, then you mentioned, which baffled me as well, and it baffled you. When you started speaking about it, I thought it was crazy. Three to four million dollars, Mark Hunt, and you declined it. Yeah, if I, no I, about, Mark Hunt declined to take a dive for three to four million dollars. Wow. Yeah, I mean, um, like I said, I don't sit here, I want to shit in your fucking pocket, mate. You know, I mean, I don't say shit if it wasn't made up. I, I, you know, to be honest, um, it was, it was like I said, it was a shock to me about getting that um, that offer. And, and it was kind of upsetting because, you know, like it was, it's a really like a, it, was, it was disrespectful from, from the person mm -hmm. it came from. And it was upsetting for me. And I, I wanted to know how it worked. Um, but then he enlightened me how it worked. And I'm like, this, wow, that's fucking no. crazy. So, you know, um, that's just not me. Like, uh, if I'm going to lose a fight or whatever, I'm going to lose it by by someone being better than me. It's not about, um, 
you know, taking a dive, you know, and people have, I've seen a few comments, people saying you worked in pride and this and that. Um, and what are you trying to get it? Does that mean that it happened in those companies? No, it didn't happen in those companies to me. So I don't know why you try to, these people are saying you worked in these companies, all these things are happening. Does that mean that it came towards me? No. Does it, and if it did, I would have said the same fucking thing that happened before. Uh, the answer was no, go and take your money. And I'd rather, because that's, uh, you know, highly offensive for someone like me to, to as a martial artist, to, to, to do that sort of shit. That's, that's, that's rubbish. And that's illegal. You know, um, to be honest, so, um, like I said, it was upsetting that it, it happened. And, um, I mean, those trolls, I said that it didn't happen. Well, I mean, you guys are deluded. They're, you know, Dana White thinks I'm fucking um, delusional. They are fucking delusional, my friend. They are. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, like some of the shit that I've seen, you, you, it's hard to fucking write in a movie. It's like a fucking movie with this shit. It's crazy. But people talking about corrupted lawyers, you say, corrupted lawyers? Right. Fucking hey, I'm not sitting in, sitting in your pants, you know. Christina Denning and Brian Boshi, you guys are both a fucking shame to your community of the legal system. And you guys should have no license, and I'll make sure that you have no license. Do you understand that? I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. I'm not a lawyer, but I hope they understand that. Well, you know, when you when you realize, when I realized these lawyers were corrupted, like I said, same thing with this. It just it just really pisses me off. And it really pisses me off for someone to do that to someone for seven, seven years, eight years. Um, you know, false hope, lies, you know, um, fraud. It's just disgusting. It's like uh, that person that came up to me and said, oh, and, and, and threw me the offer, regardless if it came from, some, from someone else, you know, to take a dive, especially as a martial artist. You know, it's just annoying. And all these fucking little rat trolls saying, oh, you've been through Pride, you've been through certain, uh, with Dream, Pride, all these corrupt companies, K1. What the fuck's that got to do with anything? You know, just because they're doing that shit, does that mean I am? No. Motherfuckers are tripping. You know what? I'll fucking stomp, stomp your fucking ass right there, you bitches. Right there, you. You can go and get fucked. Hold on. Go and get fucked. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. We're going to leave it there. Uh, 2024 is going to be a big year for Mark Hunt. Uh, we're going to have BKFC. We're going to have Mick Terrell, hopefully. Can I have that boxing fight? BKFC. Free fights for BKFC. One boxing fight. Mark, an absolute pleasure. I can't wait to watch you in 2024. BKFC, the combat sports hey, scene. It's got a whole lot more interesting. Before I go, Lenny, sorry to, to cut you off and say that. You know, like That's I said, right. that money at that time could have done me a lot of, you know, could have helped me a lot. I was going through a separation that was broke. You know, it would have been, it would have been okay to just, you know, get that sort of shit, that money and get paid that way. But, Hmm. That's just not me with that shit. You know, I might have done a lot of shitty, shitty stuff in my life, mistakes. <laughs> but that is one thing I didn't do. You know, and you can all those souls tell them they can all get fucked. That's it, and that's it, <laughs> and that's fucking it right there. <laughs> you know what? That wasn't bad. That wasn't bad. I tried See, to. You got the timing, right? You got the timing, right? So, like what I said, you tell them right, Lenny. You can tell them all to go and get fucked. <laughs> you motherfucker. You know what? <laughs> you mala you motherfucker. <laughs> you can go oh, right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Hunt, um absolutely phenomenal on, on, on camera, absolutely fantastic. Make sure you go and follow his Instagram, new one, the real Mark Hunt. Um make That's sure you get his good hey, thanks, thanks for all the fans for support. Yeah, you know, thank you very much, guys. For the support of the, the real fans. Uh, uh, the time make that fight happen versus Mick Terrell. That's what everyone wants to see it. 
whether it's in Newcastle, whether it's in London, whether it's in the United States, whether it's in Australia, wherever it happens, everyone wants to see that fight. Hey, it would be actually great to bring it in my hometown of Sydney. It'd be freaking hectic, eh? It would be the first bare knuckle fight in, in, uh, in boxing, wouldn't it? It would be down here. Yeesh. There you go. Hey, come down to the party, put on a few sangers, and that's it. Cook you up in the barbecue, my friend. I'll cook your ass up in the barbecue. <laughs> All right, bro. All right, I better get off of you. Getting too crazy, man. It would right, be good to see you in Australia because obviously, the, you know, I feel like um, the Australians, they're, they're kind of crazy as well. So they would suit that BKFC sort of um, combat. Yeah, imagine imagine uh, a big bare knuckle fight down here at Down Under. That would be mad. What do you reckon? Me? There you go, my friend. Take take my money, That's take it. my money. That's it. Make it rain, baby. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mark Hunt, an absolute pleasure. Catch you all soon. 2024 is going to be a big year. Make sure you catch it. Thank you very much. Goodbye. All right, ladies, y'all. All right, Lenny. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. UFC 297 Fight Week is upon us. This week, this weekend, sorry, Sean Strickland versus Drake of the Plessy is going to go down in Canada. And I'm here with Oscar, my co-host, my main man. Oscar, how are you? I am great, man. There is nothing like a UFC pay-per-view fight week. I just have this different energy the whole week because I know I'm about to see big stakes in the main event on Saturday. And it's going to be no different this time. And it's going to be for the middleweight championship between the champion Sean Strickland and the South African Drickus Duplessis. Um, these guys apparently had bad blood. It appears that they have squashed the beef. But there's no doubt that these guys are going to wage a war in the octagon. And I cannot wait for it. But first, we got to discuss what happened in the light heavyweight division this past Saturday. Absolutely. Fantastic fight this weekend. Looking forward to it. But we had some good fights on the weekend as well. Magomed Ankalaev winning, beating Johnny Walker in spectacular fashion after, you know, you know, their first fight was, you know, ended in um controversial contra controversial fashion. This one, there was no controversy, was there? Not at all. Uh, my prediction well, was correct. Yeah. Johnny Walker acted a fool out there. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, Magomedic Alive was waiting for Johnny Walker to find himself off balance and vulnerable, and I knew it would happen. Johnny Walker does not take a punch very well, and Magomedic Alive reminded the world that he he can be a very dangerous finisher. A lot of people are kind of labeling him a boring guy. He went out there, and he he had his way with Johnny Walker. Johnny Walker had nothing for him. And as soon as he cracked Johnny Walker, he hits him with a vicious uppercut on the way down, breaking Johnny Walker's nose immediately. Um, and there's no doubt about it. This man, to me, is the number one contender right now. Jamal Hill, there's so many question marks surrounding his health, his, uh, his court situation coming up. We don't know what's going on. So I think Magomedic Live should be the man to challenge. Alex Pedeta for the title. I know Alex wants Jamal Hill, but I don't want to wait to see that. I think we should see uh, Alex defend the title earlier against Magomedic Live, who's on an incredible unbeaten streak. 
The guy hasn't lost since his UFC debut against Paul Craig. Since then, he's not lost. He's had a he's had a draw. He's had a no contest, but he's coming off a a, a perfect knockout to me. So you have got to give him this title shot. Completely agree. Um, as you mentioned, there, I, I, I feel like there is no other man out there that could probably uh, you know challenge for that title, except for Jamal Hill. You mentioned there, but obviously we don't know what's happening with him. Uh, uncertainty outside the ring, outside the octagon. So interesting to see what happens. But I would like to see Magomed Ankalaev challenge for that belt, and I, I feel like he's justified as well. So. Be good to see what happens next, and it'll be good to see what happens between Lance Pajero and Magomed Ankalaev. I think that is probably one of the best matchups that we have at light heavyweight at the moment. Yeah, I truly think that um, that there's there's no way to go wrong outside of not giving the title to Ankalaev. Outside of that, you can mix these guys any way you want, and you're going to get explosive fights. Um, Prohaska versus Rockic, that is going to be awesome on 300. And... Uh, I do think that this division will find some stability once Ankalive, I think, inevitably wins that title. Absolutely agree. Um, fantastic main event. Good knockout. Uh, we'll talk about the co-main event as well. And this was the Told You So Fight of the Week, which you enlightened me about before we went on there because it completely slicked my head. It's been a busy week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, university and stuff at work, everything going on. But I picked Jim Miller. Oscar, you picked Gabriel Benitez. And Jim Miller at 40 years old, still getting the job done. Yeah, I, I was I was completely floored by this performance. I was thinking maybe we see somewhat of a drop off for Jim Miller. Maybe he's looking past Benitez. He already said he wanted to fight at UFC 300 in April. So maybe this was not a fight he was taking all that seriously. He was taking this fight very seriously. Benitez, we talked up his kickboxing, but it appears that the guy who's 35 now, um, he's definitely declining in ability and durability. Jim Miller was able to crack him on the feet, destroy his leg with leg kicks, and he was not intimidated whatsoever on the feet. And then when he took it to the ground, he had his way with Benitez, taking his back, getting that neck crank, that face crank in round three. And it kind of looked effortless for Jim Miller out there. It looked like he was still trying to prove something, which is crazy because he's got the most wins in UFC history. No man can say they have more wins than Jim Miller in the Octagon. No man can say they have more appearances than Jim Miller in the Octagon. This guy is a bona fide Hall of Famer. I don't care what Daniel Cormier has to say. This guy is legitimately legendary. Absolutely. Completely agree. Um, deserves all the praise. And he's obviously got his next fight booked for UFC 300 as well against Bobby Pickett, Bobby Green. That that that's a fantastic matchmaker, isn't it? I love that fight. That fight was supposed to happen twice before, and now I feel like it makes sense more than ever, especially since Bobby Green is coming off of a horrible loss. I don't think Jim Miller would have is capable of doing the same thing to him that uh, Jalen Turner did. So I think it's it's a fair fight. And could you imagine if at 40 years of age Jim Miller beats the 12th ranked lightweight in the world and gets into the top 15 of lightweight. Could you imagine for Jim Miller to be ranked at this point in his career? That would be, that would be very insane to me. And uh, Jim Miller could, could even work his way up the ranking somehow with some matchups. You never know. It'd almost be sad to see him go, wouldn't it? Uh, I know he's obviously 40 years old. Um, time catches up with you very quickly. Age cuts up with you even quicker. So it'd be interesting to see how many years he's got left um, in the fight game. 
but yeah, it's good to see Jim Miller, you know, still still going up there and still fighting the best in the world, getting the job done. Be a good fight against Bobby Green. I'm looking forward to that. Um, next one, Mario Batista versus Ricky Simone. Mario Batista showcased a lot in this fight against a really good fight in Ricky Simone, who, who I picked heading into this one. Um, what went wrong for Ricky Simone in this one, Roscoe? I honestly don't know. On paper, it looks like Simone has the better skill set. But one thing we did not take into account was the potential improvements that Mario Batista could make. His boxing has never looked better. And his cardio was off the chain here. He fought at a ridiculous pace. Simone is actually known for his cardio. And he got outpaced by Mario Batista. Batista just overwhelmed him with volume. And he sealed the deal in round three. That was straight-up domination. You could have scored that at 10-8 for Mario. So uh, for me, it was just Mario Batista leveling up. We said that he was beating easier competition, and once he fought a ranked guy like Ricky, it was not going to go well. Well, it appeared to me that Mario Batista stepped up his game overall, and now I think this guy actually could be a player in this division, which I wasn't completely sold on him before. But after this, this guy really stepped his game up and. Uh, for Ricky, this is a tough, tough one. It's now two back-to-back losses for him. Completely agree. Um, interesting to see what happens, but obviously, um, tough loss. Marabatista looked good. Um, he'll move on, and obviously, um, it will go on and fight someone in top 10, top 15. So, good fight, good win. Next one, Bruno Ferreira versus Phil Hawes. We mentioned this one last week. Phil Hawes, he hasn't got that chin, man. Uh, he's been getting knocked out a lot recently, and another knockout. Um, it, it was a devastating knockout as well. Um, you, you know, the, the, the pictures, the scene of Phil Hawes after the fight, you know, on his hands and knees crying. I think it's a harsh reality of this game. Um, you, you can never count, 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 to, count your chickens, whatever they say. He was on a good wave back in the day. You know, he built, he, he beat Nasadim Imovov. Um, he beat Jacob Malkoon. And now he's suffering these knockout losses. His age is catching up to him. His chin is definitely seems like deteriorating. What? How good Phil Cause could have been? We we never know. But Bruno Ferreira put on a show. He's got power in him hands and completely knocked out Phil Cause. A great knockout. Yeah, for for me this was a little too predictable. I called it exactly. I said Bruno would put him to sleep in round one. That's what happened. There's not much else to say, but the durability for Phil Haas is not there, and I think. You definitely cannot book him against the power puncher next. That would just be cruel. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, if he's inside in, in, inside the UFC, still, um, we got a comment here. How does, uh, oh, sorry, how Volk does against current bantamweight, featherweight, and even lightweight champs of PFL and Bellator? Oscar, would you like to ask that? Answer I that, think sorry. it's ridiculous to suggest that uh, Volkanovski uh, against Patchy Mix. That's just, it's just. Um, not a fair fight. Volk is just significantly bigger. We saw him fight at lightweight and do very well. I think uh, that's not fair. And uh, at featherweight, uh, Olivier Aubin Mercier is uh, retired. But either way, I think that's that's just not it's not a good fight for those guys. Volkanovski is the best in his division. He only lost when he moved up. And uh, if you want to talk about lightweight, uh, as I said. Um, Usman Nurmagomedov. Now that one would be interesting. I could see Usman Nurmagomedov winning that one because his striking is so good. 
But uh, across the board, I just think Volkanovski is almost impossible to beat unless you're Islam Mahachev. Absolutely agree. Um, back to UFC. Um, we'll talk about Wilder Acosta versus Andre Arlovsky. This one, I, I had a bet on this one. I, I thought Wilder was going to finish Andre Arlovsky, um, but Andre just kept on doing enough to stay inside the fight. Um, that could have been his veteran experience. You know, he's been around for a very long time, had loads of fights inside the UFC, inside his MMA career. Yeah, he, he got to the decision, but I, 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 don't, I don't know where it is with Olofsky. Um, I probably would like to see him retire. I think maybe his days are numbered. Um, his losses, uh, you know, was it three, four, maybe three back-to-back now? So I don't know where Andre goes from here, but it's not looking good. He used to be prospects like this and, you know, then have a crack at top 15, then lose. But it just seems like maybe in the last few years, he's just not, he's just not there. Well, I'm just glad he didn't get knocked out because uh, although Cortez Acosta was a bit disrespectful in there, taunting him constantly, it was not a fun fight to watch because Waldo wasn't landing anything and neither was Arlovsky. But uh, the little that was landed was landed by Waldo. And uh, he just couldn't land his big power shots like I thought he would. Andre, even though he's really nearing the end of his career, he still can be elusive against... Uh, inexperienced guys who, you know, overextend themselves like Waldo does. Um, unless you're a top-of-the-food-chain striker, you're probably not going to knock out Arlovsky. Uh, the the outlier there was Dontel Mays, but Mays is a John Jones training partner, so he's bound to get better. So for me, Arlovsky, he can stick around. He can fight these low-level guys, and uh, I don't think he'll get destroyed like he did... Uh, against some of the better guys in the division. Yeah, completely agree. Um, good win for Waldo. Um, I would like to have seen him get, you know, get get a finish, get a job done, make a real a real statement. Didn't get the job done. Um, but, well, he, he did get the job done, but he didn't get a finish. But you, you know what I'm trying to say. Um, next one, Preston Parsons uh, against Matthew Semmelsberger uh, at 170 pounds. I thought Matthew Semmelsberger was going to get this job done. I thought he was going to get a knockout and knock out Preston Parsons. Did not go like that. Preston got the job done. Decision, unanimous decision. Oscar, a good performance from Preston Parsons, uh, or how you how would you evaluate that performance? I thought that this was um this was a very good performance by Preston Parsons. I thought he would get cracked in this fight. I thought there would be um there would be a knockout finish for Salzberger, but that wasn't the case. Parsons avoided those big shots and got the takedowns whenever he wanted. Um, Selmsberger just appears to be uh, in over his head when he's fighting some of these uh, strong wrestlers like Preston. And Preston proves that his defense has leveled up since his uh, UFC debut when he fought Daniel Rodriguez. He got finished in round one, just completely overwhelmed. Now I think he's found his composure. Now he can continue to climb the ranks. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, Good win. Uh, from Preston Parsons, uh, a needed win as well inside the UFC. Uh, next one, I talked about him last week, Marcus McGee. He's entertaining. He's a pit bull. He's got power in him hands, and he showcased it again against Gaston Bolaños. Um, Gaston Bolaños, you know, heading into this one, everyone was talking about his striking. Obviously, he had a you know a good kickboxing background, but Marcus McGee, it it, it kind of seemed like when it comes to MMA, it's a whole different striking battle, and I think that that's what Marcus McGee kind of taught Gaston Bolaños. Um, Marcus. Mix up very, very well. His striking was beautiful. He's got power in them hands. Mixing it up and got the knockout. Standing TKO. Good, 
good performance from Marcus, wasn't it, Oscar? Yeah, I was I was very impressed by this. Marcus was not looking to grapple Gaston like many people thought he would. Even though he had a big advantage on, on the ground, he was happy to strike with him and outclassed him, frankly. Dropped him with ease, just manhandled him, and eventually got that standing TKO with a lot of style points. Now he's 3-0 in the UFC with three finishes, all bonuses. The UFC likes what he's doing out there, so expect a step up in competition next. Absolutely. Um, Bantamweight just gets thicker and thicker. Um, the division is sacked. Uh, you know, you like to see guys like Marcus McGee come in and really make some of these statements, like, you know, what we're seeing, um, you know, knocking out people. Good, good. It's good to see, uh, you know, Bantamweight, you know, as I mentioned, thick. Very, very um, stacked division. So another good name to add to the mix. Next one as well. Bantamweight again. Um, Fahid Basharat beats Teddy Lapalus. Um, Fahid, I-, I talked about him last week. Fantastic prospect. Fighting out of Afghanistan. Um, you know, moved to England. Has that, you know, the English accent. Fantastic fighter. Trains over there in America. Um, real, real legit contender at 135 pounds. And he beat Teddy Lapalus. Um, I think it was two rounds to one. And I think Ted Lapp is a really underrated fighter. Obviously, he beat Colonel Locker and our guy. So, obviously, I'd think that. But, yeah, I think that was a fantastic ring for Fahid Basharat. And he showcased a lot in this fight. Yeah, Lapp his defense was really holding up. But that's kind of all he was doing in this fight. That's all he was doing the whole fight was defending the grappling from Farid. But uh, Farid has an excellent gas tank. So, he never stopped. And... It was just all defense by Taylor, um, but it just wasn't enough. He was not able to get his offense going on the feet like he hoped, as he did with uh, Kalen. But, um, wow, for me, Farid is going to be a guy that a lot of people are probably going to turn down because he's not a huge name, and he's got a nightmarish style of fight. Kind of reminds me of Marab in terms of the approach of non-stop grappling. So, uh Expect Farad to find his way into the rankings uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think the UFC are going to push him as well. Uh, I'd like that. Uh, obviously, get a top 15, top 10. Um, I think he's capable. He's good enough. He's got that record behind him. He's got that momentum. He's got the confidence. Be a fantastic move from the UFC to kind of get, you know push him now. Um, 12 and 0. Beating Ted Lapalus. You know, who had a, you know, he had a good career inside the UFC. Um, positive. Uh, obviously, beat Conan when he returned back to the UFC. So, good win. Um, Fahid. Expect big fins. Next one, Gene Silver, Davidon going in there, knocking out Weston Wilson in in just in just over four minutes. Fantastic win, Gene Silver, and even better on the mic. This guy seems like a real personality, a real entertainer, barking at the camera, doing all sorts. I thought that we could have a Brazilian star, another Brazilian star on our here, Oscar. You know me, I, I always like the Silvers, but uh, Gene Silver. It's not my cup of tea. Kind of annoying, if you ask me. That walkout was like four minutes long. He was uh, he looked lost in the post fight interview. I don't, I don't know what was going on out there, and I don't think Weston Wilson knew what was going on out there. He, he did not know where those punches were coming from. Silva was too quick for him, too powerful. He had his way with him entirely. He was basically bullying him out there. Wilson is not UFC caliber, as I pointed out in the preview in uh. For Silva, I think you have to give him a step up in competition because this was a complete drubbing. Um, that's all about all I have to say about this one. Completely agree. Next one. Um, if you want to talk about Bookie's upset, Tom Nolan getting knocked out 
in just over a minute by Nicholas Malta, who had, um, I believe, never had a win inside the UFC, been knocked out by Jim Miller, etc. Um, Tom Nolan had a lot of go going into this fight, a lot of people backing him, including myself last week. I was behind the hype. Um, I saw a lot of Australian MMA pages kind of saying that, you know, how good he was, how excited there was inside the UFC. He's finally got his chance. He gets knocked out in just over a minute. Um, it, is that just um, a lapse in, you know, a, a lapse in concentration? Is it just a freak knockout, or or the, the Nicholas Murta just land that, that that one good punch, basically? Moda has already gotten a win in the UFC before he knocked out uh, Cameron Van Camp in round one. He's got power yeah. in those hands, but it's all about letting those hands go. And he let him go. He kind of had nothing to lose here because it, it, it his fight, even though it wasn't an official loss, he was in a deep submission after losing a fight on the feet to uh, Trey Ogden. So he, yeah. he was basically on his way out, it seemed. And he was a huge underdog. So he just said, screw it, I'm going to go for it. Right away, and uh, Tom Nolan, he kind of falls into that category of uh, guys with a tall man defense. They just, uh, their chain is just too high up, and it was there to be hit. He got cracked. He just has to level up his uh, defense, and I think he could give some guys problems. But for Moda, he, he is in a very good gym. He's one of Sean Strickland's training partners, and he found that chin on uh, Tom Nolan. Tom Nolan definitely was overlooking Moda, and he paid for it. Absolutely. Um, it'd be interesting to see how Tom Nolan comes back from this, but nonetheless, good experience for himself. I know he got knocked out, but you know, it's still good experience to get on stage and you know, throughout the fight week and stuff like that, etc. Um, we'll talk about next one, the first fight of the evening, Joshua Van. Um, we were both high on him last week. He proved it yet again. Joshua is a legit contender at 125 pounds. A fantastic win, Oscar. He looked really good. I love Joshua Van, and it was looking like a tough fight for him early on. Felipe Buenas, I didn't know how big this guy was. This guy's huge. He was uh he was really giving problems to Van. He was hitting him with big light with big head kicks, just using his length very effectively. I think this guy's gonna beat uh, a good amount of guys in this division, but Van is just a different beast. When he starts putting his output out there, mixing it up to the body, landing combinations, he's relentless. And he was able to break Felipe Buenas, the guy who is on a pretty good run was an LFA champion, and he, wow, he just out, outclassed him. Um, he's got that dog in him, as they say, and he's already begging for a fight again. This guy fought in November of last year, just fought this past Saturday, and he wants to fight again. This guy has the eye of the tiger. He's ready. He's ready to move his way up, and I think uh, there's so many good matchups for him. And as I said, I believe this guy will find himself in the top five one day, if not be a champion. He's still only 22, and he just looks so impressive to me out there. Absolutely. Um, fantastic win for Joshua Van. Uh, good to see another contender come through the ranks at 125 pounds. I feel like another great division that we have inside the UFC, so it's good. Um, that was pretty much of UFC uh, Vegas 66, I want to say. Um, there's been too many. Too many now in the UFC. Too many Apex cards. It's 80, I'm 84. 84. Oh, that's it. Anyway, I don't know where I got 66 from. 84. Too many. It's ridiculous. I don't care. I've lost count. Move on, Oscar. Uh, not Oscar. Move on, Dana White. Uh, I, I don't know why I outed Oscar there. Move on, Dana White. Move on, the UFC. I don't want to be seeing it happen anymore. Uh, I'm sick of the Apex cards. Keep power slap in the Apex, not the UFC. We don't want it. Anyway, run over, Oscar. 
We've got some good fights to talk about this weekend. Um, UFC 297 will go down in Canada. We've got a fantastic card. Two title fights on the line in Canada. It's going to be a fantastic show. I'm looking forward to it. Let's kick it off in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Sean Strickland will be defending his belt versus Drickus Duplessis in the main event. Uh, the South African will be challenging the American uh, over in Canada. Sean Strickland looking to make his first defense of the middleweight title after that historic win against Israel Adesanya last time out in Australia. Beating him five rounds, pillar to post. Knocking him down, really showcasing himself as a fantastic striker versus arguably the best striker we've ever seen inside the UFC. It was a great win. Um, and he did it in enemy territory, as I mentioned. Sean Strickland defends the belt against Drinkus to Pussy. The question is, Oscar, does he defend the belt or does he lose the belt to the surgeon South African? I have to go. With Sean Strickland here. And the number one reason I'm going with Sean Strickland is the fact that his cardio is next level. He fought Israel Adesanya, one of the best strikers we've ever seen. And he fought at a pace that a lot of guys would slow down if they were to execute. But instead, he went out there and he wasn't even breathing heavy after putting an absolute beating on Adesanya. Drugis Duplassie, on the other hand, he's slowed down in fights. He's a finisher, but if he doesn't get the finish, he will slow down a little bit. There's been, there's even been fights where he's looks, he looks tired as he's getting the finish, and he's blamed that on the fact that he can't breathe, he couldn't breathe out of his nose properly, get a deviated septum, um, and now he can fully breathe, and he claims that it's gonna improve his cardio. I'm not 100 sure that that was the entire reason. While he was slowing down, I just think he was fighting at a crazy pace. And Sean Strickland, sure, he's got it knocked out by Elisu. Okay, in the comments, Joey Tremendous says, Drickus needs to make his shots counts. He goes wild looking for the knockout. Sean will pepper him to, una to unanimous decision. Okay, now for method of victory, I'm actually taking Sean Strickland to win this by a fifth round TKO. As I was making my point. Sean Strickland is going to pour it on the longer the fight goes. And Drickus has made it very clear that he will win this title or he will die trying. I think Drickus will be down on the scorecards coming into round five. And he's going to attempt to get a knockout because he'll need a finish. And I think Sean Strickland will counter him. And I think he'll overwhelm him and get a TKO. Drickus actually has been knocked out in the past by Roberto Soldich before in the UFC. That was at welterweight. He probably wasn't as durable, but it did look to me that once the pressure was poured on him, he kind of folded there. I think Strickland can do that to him. And not to mention the fact that, sure, the beef, the beef has been squashed, but Sean Strickland, uh, I don't think, is too fond of Drickus. So I think he, he will look to punish him out there. And I do think he gets a fifth-round TKO. Um... A similar example was Sean Strickland versus Abis Magomedov. Abis is not on Drickus's level, but we do know that Sean Strickland, when he when he smells blood in the water, he has shark-like behavior. He goes for the kill. I think he's going to go for it against Drickus. Uh, Drickus does have a grappling advantage, but we've seen Sean Strickland have excellent takedown defense in the UFC. This guy 
never has gotten taken down and dominated. He fought Jack Hermanson. Jack Hermanson couldn't get a single takedown on him. I think that uh, Strickland keeps this standing, and he probably loses rounds one and two. He probably gets hit with big shots, but he fought a power puncher like Jared Kennear. Did just fine. He fought Adesanya. Never even got rocked. I think Sean Strickland could handle himself against a guy that doesn't hit as hard as Alex Pereira. So I'm taking Sean Strickland by fifth round TKO. Do you agree? I do agree. Um, I, I, I like Sean Strickland in this fight. Um, I, I feel like another um, point to back up your case there is Drikas has never fought a five-round fight. I think I, be, I believe this is his first experience. Yeah, he's been scheduled for five-rounders, but he never needed to go that long because he gets the early finish. But what happens when he can't get that finish is the question. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned there, obviously, he gets tired even even when he's winning. I, I, I think that was a reference to, obviously, the Darren Till victory. Yeah. Um, look, tired, still got the job done. And, you know, still carries that power. But he's, he, you know, he's exhausted. He's, you know, his arms are gone. His legs are gone. Um, yeah, so I, I like what you made there. Fantastic point. I also have got a, a Sean Strickland in this fight. And I do believe maybe a, knock, a late knockout. TKO will present itself. I like that. Um, but I'm I'm going with UD. Um, I, I, I think that's where Sean Strickland shines. Um, he might get carried away with a moment. You know, Raw won the crowd. Just like to beat on Drikas to Plessy. Um, obviously, there's been a war of words heading into this one. As you mentioned, they squashed it, sort of. But as you still, uh, as you mentioned, I, I still think there is something in the back of their mind that maybe Sean Strickland does want to hurt this guy. Um, he, you know, it, obviously what Drikas has said in the you know, press conference and stuff that about Sean's past, I feel like um, Sean's going to want to punish him a little bit here. Um, and I feel like we're going to see a unanimous decision victory. And Sean enjoying his, his you know, his labour of his work and sort of, uh, you know, put a beating on uh, Drikas and Drik then later rounds. I think the third, the fourth and the fifth round is where we'll see complete dominance from Sean Strickland. Yeah, I agree with you there. Either way, I think this will be a fight of the night. I think these guys are going to throw down and put on a show for the Toronto fans. And I think it perfectly sets up an opportunity for Israel Adesanya to fight Sean Strickland. Maybe at UFC 300, you never know. Or maybe even Hamza Shemaev steps up. But I got a feeling the winner of this will be making a quick turnaround. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it goes down. Um, this weekend, Sean Strickland versus Drikas Duplessis this weekend, UFC Vegas, uh, sorry, UFC Vegas, UFC 297 uh, in Canada. It's going to be a good one. Um, uh, it's good to be in front of the fans again. I feel like it's been ages, but, you know, we just had that long break. That's all. That's all. All we had was that long break, December, January break. Uh, it feels like ages since we've been in front of fans. But anyway, this weekend, we'll have them roaring Canadians. Uh, it'll be good. I like, I like it when we're in front of fans. Um, it just gives that feel to it that we're actually watching the UFC and not a power slap um, card, so it's good. I'm liking it. Um, Co-main event, uh, the UFC Bantamweight strap, UFC women's Bantamweight strap, will uh, come either to Raquel, Raquel Pennington or uh, Myra Bruno Silva. Um, it's vacant, obviously. Uh, the Lioness retired after her last fight against Irene Aldana, and now a new wave, a new Rain is gonna is gonna be happening to someone else for a long time. It's been a long time since someone else has held that belt. Um, obviously, the lioness Amanda Nunes has been an absolute dominant champion. Uh, obviously, uh, we have that you know that slip up of Julia Pena, but other than that, she's looked untouchable. Um, whoever wins this fight will go on to fight Julia Pena conveniently. Um, but 
who wins this fight? That's the question. Uh, Maribone Silva um, is coming off a standing, t uh, standing guillotine uh, against, obviously, Holly Holm. But obviously, you can see there, no contest. And you're, you're asking of why. Um, and I would love to see his, as you can see here, overturned by Nevada State Commission. Positive drug test. Um I'm not too sure what uh, you know what, what what I should watch this for, but she tests positive. Uh, but other than that, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what I'm getting on it. Against Raquel Pennington, who Raquel has actually fought for the belt against Amanda Nunes, lost. This is her second time now uh, fighting for the belt. But does she make it count against Bueno uh, Moira, Sorry, Bueno Silva in Canada this weekend? Oscar, who wins? I have to go with Raquel Pennington here. Marabona Silva, let's not forget, she was a flyweight. She moved up. And since then, sure, she had these awesome finishes. But I do think that uh, for in the case of Holly Holm, Holly Holm, uh, you know, she's looking more her age these days. I, I hate to say, but on the feet, her reaction time just went, wasn't there. She got hit with big shots. And then uh, as soon as she got put in that ninja choke, uh, she, she tapped. It was over there. Um, I don't think Pennington will make that same mistake that Holm did put her neck in that spot. Um, and in terms of uh, wrestling, I do think Pennington is a better wrestler. Uh, bueno Silva is so good with those submissions, but if she can't get it to the ground, it's not going to matter. And on the feet, Bueno Silva, her Muay Thai has been improving significantly. As I said, she, she looked good on the feet against uh, Holm. But uh, I do think that Pennington is just so experienced in these situations. Um, and in terms of cardio, we've never seen Bueno Silva out of the third round. So we just don't know what she has to offer there. When uh, Pennington fought uh, Amanda Nunes, uh, she was basically defeated coming into round five. It looked like she wanted a way out, and uh, Nunes finished her in round five. I think Pennington uh, definitely, the fact that she trains in Colorado has to help her out here. And she's going to pace herself better this time around. So I think we're going to see a lot of clinching from Pennington. She's really comfortable there. And the fact that she's an actual bandwidth probably helps. Uh, as I said, Buena Silva could be fighting down a weight class. So I think we're going to see a lot of clinching from Pennington. And I think more volume from her overall crisper boxing. I think that's what wins her this fight. And, uh, as I said, if it goes to the ground, we could definitely see a submission from Bueno Silva. But at the end of the day, I have to go with somebody who's more experienced. And that will be Pennington. Her only losses are Nunes, Durandamy, and Holm, which are like, you know, some of the top dogs of the division. I don't exactly see Bueno Silva as that. Yeah, uh, completely agree. Um, Raquel Pennington, you know, hasn't really, uh, I wouldn't say been as active. Um, probably as she wanted to be. Uh, but, you know, she has got them five wins in a row. As you went to there, Holly Holm back in the day, 2020, uh, UFC 4, sorry, UFC 246, sorry, uh, when obviously McGregor fought Cerrone. That feels like an age age, age away. So, as you mentioned there, Holly Holm, Jerain Duranime, and Amanda uh, Nunes, obviously the champion, uh, had lost to Holly Holm as well. Jessica Andrade, um, yeah. She's, you know, she's been around the block. She's been here for, forever, it seems. Uh, but yeah, I, I do believe she'll get the job done as well. Beat uh, Marion Renault, uh, Pani Kianzad, Mesa Chiashon, uh, Aspen Lad, and obviously in her last fight, beat Caitlin Vieira by split decision. Uh, Myra Benesil, we talked about the Holly Home victory, Sandon Guillotine, uh, or Ninja Choke. Um, 
overturned to a no contest. But, you know, she got the victory. She got the job done. You know, she, she was showcasing a lot in that fight. Um, obviously, finished the ultimately finished the veteran uh, in Holly Home. Close one, I would say, on, you know, on paper to call. Uh, but I'm going with Kel Pennington. More, as you mentioned there, more, more experience. Um, has challenged for, you know, a, you know, a bantamweight champion uh, strap before. Um, so it, it, this is not going to be odd to her. She's going to know the feeling. Um, and, and I always feel like um, you, you're always going to perform better um, doing something for the second time because obviously um, you've had that first experience. You know, you, you, you know what to expect. And I feel like that's what's going to happen as well. So I feel like um, Raquel is going to go into this. She knows what to expect. She'll still be nervous and all that, all, all that, all that stuff. But she gets the job done um, this weekend against Mario Bruno Silva. A tough fight. Look into it. Probably a close one to call. Um, I, I, I predict this one probably going the full distance as well. Yeah, I, I, as I said, uh, Pennington will definitely be the one that benefits from a longer fight. Uh, bueno Silva has been very reliant on getting these finishes, and I do think that uh, Pennington will outlast her and get a unanimous decision victory and win the bantamweight title, setting up a fight with Juliana Pena, which was she was supposed to fight in this on this card, but uh, she's still injured, so that's the next fight. Absolutely. Next one, uh, we'll talk about Neil Magny versus Mike Malott. Um, well, when I, someone asked me during, during the week on Instagram, um, and they asked me whether, uh, would they be outrageous or uh, who, who would they rather pick? Do, do they think, basically they asked me, do, do they think it would be good to bet on Mike Malott? And, and, and I had to really sit there and think, um, you know, let's look at who he's fighting. He's fighting Neil Magny. Um, he, you know, he's he's been he, Neil Magny's been in these sort of fights his whole career. He's beat some really really good guys. Um, you know, he's beat Phil Rowe, uh, Daniel Rodriguez. You know, he's only lost. You know, who, I, who I'd say you know some decent losses. Ian Machado Gary uh, only lost to Gilbert Burns, Shavkat Rachmanov. I still think there is a lot um, that Neil Magny has to offer. What, uh, you know, he's up there. For, you know, uh, I think twenty one. Um, if you look, you know, the, the, the acts of fighters with the most wins inside the UFC, I think he's third with 21 wins inside the UFC. I feel like this is where Neil Magny, you know, showcases. Uh, he's good, but he's not good enough to get into the rankings. He's, he's stuck in that little middle bit and he's never going to get out of it. He will beat these prospects, but he will never, ever beat these good guys that are in the top 10, top, uh, top five, top 10. Um, he, he just doesn't have enough. And I think this is another fight where we'll see that. And I believe that Neil Magny is going to finish and beat Mike Malott. Wow, that is that is a bold take. Mike Malott is hey. a uh, two-to-one favorite. I think this is a bad matchup for Neil Magny because Neil Magny does not do well against guys with really good uh, offensive submission games. That's what Mike Malott has. He trains at uh, Alpha Male. So he's got uh, – well, he used to be a coach at Alpha Male. He now trains that Niagara top team, but uh, his submission offense is just so good. And on the feet, he is hittable, but he's got a lot of power behind those strikes, which is uh, which is really remarkable because he used to be a featherweight, but he got all this size, and now he really hits like a truck. Knocked out Mickey Gall in his debut, uh, knocked out Adam Fujit, and he's just on a really good roll right now. And Neil Magny, on the other hand, there could be a point where we start to see a decline. I don't know. But uh, for me, I just think um, Malat has a lot of options to finish this fight. I think he finishes it in round two with a submission. Uh, Neil Magny 
Sure, he got submitted by Shavkat Rachmanov, Gilbert Burns, Dos Anjos. I think Milan can find that neck on Neil Magny. Um, he's just always struggled with his submission defense. And that's why I have to take Mike Milan. Not to mention the fact that if this were to go to the scorecards, you better bet that uh, Mike Milan will definitely, uh, odds will be in his favor because the crowd will react to everything he does. He's the most popular Canadian on this card. And uh, I think this is definitely a favorable matchup for him. The UFC uh, believes in Mike Malat. He's got the Happy Dad sponsorships. He's he's, he's really close with the Nelk boys. I think this is a this is a good fight for Mike Malat to finally get into the top fifteen. Yeah, I'd like to also mention as well. Uh, Neil Magny has never lost two in a row. The only time he's ever lost two in a row, actually, sorry. He's only won, uh, lost two in a row once, and that was in 2013 against Sergio Moraes and Seth. Um, I'd love to pronounce that, but, uh, but, uh, yeah, Seth, Seth against Seth. Um, that was in 2013. Uh, other than that, he's never lost two in a row. He's always traded, you know, one win, loss, went on a little run run there in 2020, lost against Mike Chiesa, beat uh, Jeff Neal, beat Matt, uh, Max Griffin, and then obviously, so loss, win, loss, win, loss. The Mass has got a Mass, Oscar. The Mass has got a Mass. He's got to win that one. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. But uh, as I said, Mike Mallott has a lot to offer. And I think he's going to be extremely motivated fighting in his hometown this time around. And we've seen what uh, the hometown can do for some fighters. They can give them the performances of their career. So that is the told you so far of the week. And uh, I'm hyped for it. Yeah. So let's move Could on be. to the next fight at middleweight. In 2024, and 1-0. 1-0 thus far. So let's see yeah, if let's we can put it back. Uh, we'll, have, yeah, we'll, have, we'll have to actually keep a record of that. That would be quite cool. Anyway, Chris Curtis. Next one. This is going to be an absolute absolute firecracker. I love this one. Um, Chris Curtis versus Mark Andre Barut. Um, both got some heavy hands. Got some you know knockout power. Um, this one. I'm just going to go up there. I'm choosing Chris Curtis. I love his boxing. Uh, against Mark Andre Barry, obviously, he's going to have that hometown favorite. And, you know, he's knocked out Julian Marquez, knocked off Jordan Wright, uh, had, had some fantastic wins against uh, Abu Azadar. Um, obviously, he's lost against Anthony Hernandez, Chidrin and Jukwani. Both been, he got knocked out against Chidrin and Carney, but there's no shame in that. Chidrin and Carney hits an absolute mule. Ridiculous. Um, Chris Curtis has some good boxing. Um, good ability on his hands, good striking. So has some power as well. We obviously we've seen some knockouts in the past as well. Um, obviously upset knockout, you know, um, what knockouts that we and, and expected. Trains at the same gym as Stone Strickland. Um, and this one I feel like is going to be detrimental, you know, because obviously they're going to want to get this one out of the way, get a victory. Um, obviously then Sean will feel more confident. Um, believe it or not, I feel like if 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 Chris wins this one, brings a positive vibes. Back to the, you know, back to the um, the locker room, it 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 will boost and lift Sean Strickland, and I do believe Chris Curtis gets the job done. Uh, obviously, Chris Curtis uh, accidentally clashed heads with Nasadi you know, in involved in his last one. Other than that, has lost against Kelvin Gastelum and Jack Kamanson, and that is it inside the UFC. I think he beats on Marco Jabiaru, and I believe he knocks him out. I gotta disagree with you there. As I said, Marco Jabiaru, he's fighting in his home country. He's fighting in Canada, so already he's going to be uh, an even better version of himself. He trains at Kilcliffe FC, and those guys actually have a lot of experience fighting. Uh, Chris um, Chris Curtis, uh, Phil Haas, one of his training partners, has fought him, and he was having a great fight before he got clipped. But the good thing about Marc-Andre Barrio is 
I think he's definitely more <laughs> durable than Phil Haas. Um, he did get knocked out that one time in 15 seconds by uh, Chidi and Jokowani, but uh, Chidi's just uh, a different beast, and he's a big guy for the weight class. Chris Curtis is an actual welterweight. This guy should be down at welterweight, but he's just fighting in this weight class because he's doing well. But I do think that Mark andre Burial, if he executes the right game plan, can win this fight. Jack Romanson beat Chris Curtis on the feet once. And that was because he was not willing to just go straight into the pocket and swing leather with him like uh, Kellen Gastelum did. By the way, that Kellen Gastelum fight was very close. Um, I do think that Marc-Andre Berriot is the bigger guy in this fight. And if he wants to, he can get some control time in the clinch up against the fence and on the feet. I think he can uh, he can try to be um, useful with his size and uh, just avoid too many exchanges in the pocket. And even if they do go in the pocket, we could see Marc-Andre Berriot clip Chris Curtis. He's gotten knocked out before, and he's actually uh, getting a little older. This is... Even though he started in the UFC like a couple years ago, he came in like late in his career. So you never know. And uh, I do think that if this goes to a decision, as I said, the fans will react more to Marc-Andre Berriot's strike. So I think this is going to be a split decision type of fight. And I do think Marc-Andre Berriot can surprise some people as an underdog and win a split decision. Absolutely. Uh, what? Well that could be your total show fight of week number two. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep on the other one. Uh, we'll keep it to one. We'll keep um, Neil Magley versus Mike Mallott. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that one, obviously, so, uh, on the main card. be a good one. Um, that's going to be your total show fight of week. But you never know. I could get another bragging right with Chris Curtis. Uh, could be a good fight, though. It's going to be an absolute banger. I'm looking forward to it. Could be fight tonight as well. Um, it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it, as I mentioned. Um, next one, Arnold Allen. My guy. My Englishman going away to Canada um, to fight Mobsar Ivanov. Oh, my goodness. Uh, a tough matchup for Arnold Allen versus a 17-0 17, 17 Russian. Not looking good. The king of mill deals. That is uh, Arnold Allen. It's going to be a good one. Um, I love Arnold Allen, man. He, you know, he's fantastic. Obviously, coming off the back of the loss of, obviously, against, um, sorry, against Max Holloway. Uh, Mobsar Ivanov. Obviously, he's been perfect thus far in his career. Beating Diego Lopez. How good does that win look now? Um, beating, obviously, Dan Ige. Uh, beating Hakeem Dawudu. This guy is an absolute savage. Um, I just don't know how... I feel really terrible in saying this. I just don't know how Arnold Allen is going to be able to deal with Movsar Ivalev. And I, and I predict Movsar taking the decision win. Wow, you he, not, no no faith in your own country, man. Well, I have faith in Arnold Allen. I, I think, think I don't think it's that. I, I think I just know how good Movsar is, and I just see him just being the better man on the night. I do think that uh, this is a tough fight for Allen. He's at a big disadvantage when it comes to wrestling, but he's very physically strong. He's not he's not a guy that you can just uh, completely out out uh, out maneuver there. And we've seen situations in our in Mozart Ivlov's career where he's almost been finished. He's got that squeaky clean record, but he's lost rounds before. He's been hurt. He's been nearly submitted. He's been gurgling in guillotines. When he fought Nick Lentz, almost got choked out. Diego Lopez had him in close submission attempts. Hurt him. Um, who was it? Hakeem Dawidu had him on wobbly legs in round three when he fought him. Arnold Allen is a very powerful striker. There was times in that uh, Max Holloway fight where he stung Holloway. 
I do think that Arnold Mallon is uh, capable of knocking guys out even with good chains like Dan Hooker. He just wailed on him and got the finish. I think we're going to see Mozart Ivalev win rounds one and two, but when round three comes around, he's going to be a little slower. His defense is not going to be um, what it is in the early rounds, and I think there's going to be an opening for Arnold Allen to land a picture-perfect head kick and just get that blitz going like he did against Dan Hooker and find himself uh, getting the third round TKO. I think he can do it. I think uh, his striking is that much better than Mozart's. I, I got to take the underdog, Arnold Allen. We'll see what happens. Uh, we've disagreed on three picks in a row. Um, I think Mozart wins. Um, going to be a good fight. Obviously, I hope Arnold Allen wins. Um, it would be good to see, obviously, the Englishman going over there in Canada. Obviously, I, I believe he trains in Canada as well. Obviously, he tries he to does. him yeah. in Canada. So, um, sort of a home fight for him, should we say? Um, yeah. He'll get a good reputation sort of thing. You know, obviously, we'll have... Um, Front uh, Zahabi walking him out. I forgot his first name. Anyway, so Elaz Zahabi walking him out. Um, so sort of a home fight for him. He'll have that. Maybe he might not have the full crowd behind him, but he'll have a you know a decent amount anyway. Um, hopefully gets it done. Not too sure though, uh, in my opinion. But Imovsar seventeen and zero. It's hard to kind of look past him. Um, next one, Brad Katona versus uh, Garnett Armfield. Oh, uh, Garrett, sorry, Garrett Armfield. Uh, this one, I'm just going to go out there and uh, you know, make the pick straight away. With full confidence, with absolutely everything on the table, I've got Brad Katona. I think he's very underrated, 125 pounds. I think he's a fantastic fighter. Um, he got cut from the UFC when maybe I think he shouldn't have got cut. And he's, he's made his way back. Um, he's fought his way back. And now he's got his rightful, uh, rightful way, obviously, through the, the contender series. Not contender series, through the ultimate fighter, um, the last one. Brad Katona, I think he's going to win this weekend at home. I, I, I think he's phenomenal. His wrestling is good. He's, you know, striking is decent. which say is fantastic, but he's good at mixing it up. I, I think he's a good all-round fighter. I think Brad Katona gets the job done. I completely agree. We interviewed him uh, for this channel on Unhinged. He's a fantastic guy. Uh, he's actually Canadian, trains over in Ireland, and uh, he's got a really unusual accent. He's an unusual guy all around, but his fighting style is tried and true. Garrett Armfield, he's one and one in the UFC. Sure, he knocked out Kazama, but Kazama's a one-dimensional grappler. Um, I just think that when it comes to overall game plans, Brad Katona's just one of the better guys. He'll stand with the guys he can stand with, and... If he needs to take guys down, he can do it. And he doesn't care about getting finishes on the ground. He'll just hold you in place and let the clock tick away. And that's what I think he can do against Garrett Armfield. I think he can uh, he can go wherever he needs to to ensure he gets this victory. And I think he gets it done by unanimous decision. His last fight against Cody Gibson was awesome. It was very high, uh, high volume, and he... Didn't really get all that tired, and he even got cracked with huge shots. Did not get discouraged. Only man to win the Ultimate Fighter twice. So his record is uh, better than than it appears to be. So I think you have to go with uh, Brad Katona. This guy should not have been cut, as you mentioned. So um, I would like to see him get another step up in competition. Absolutely. Get this one out of the way against Garrett, and I think he'll get that, uh, you know, that, that. Uh, even, I, I was about to say, was he not even maybe in the top 15, but then I can't look back and I think, obviously, no. Um, 
Uh, he did make history, you know, obviously, with the, uh, the Ultimate Fighter, becoming the first person to win two Ultimate Fighters. Um, don't think that will ever be breaking, uh, breaking, broken, sorry. Uh, but yeah, fantastic. Brad Katona probably gets the job done. Uh, we both pick him. Um, you know, he's, he's looked good, and I think he'll get, you know, obviously beat Garrett Armfield. Next one, Charles Jardine versus Sean Woodson. This is a fantastic one. Two lanky 145 pounders going at it. Striking as well. I think the striking is, I feel like we're going to see a lot in this one. Uh, it's going to be a real pleasure to watch. On the prelims as well, Charles Jardine um, beating Cron Gracie. Uh, obviously, in the last one, beating Ricardo Hamos. Sean Woodson getting that decision victory against Dennis Bazooka. Uh, and obviously that one before that, that draw, that wild draw versus um, uh, Luis Saldano. Um, this one is tricky. As I mentioned, six foot two, five foot nine. A fantastic reach advantage for Sean Woodson. But when's he not got a reach advantage? Um, it's ridiculous. Oscar, I'm going to go over to you first for this one. Two lanky featherweights going at it in Canada. Are you picking Charles Jadane at home or are you picking the American to go over and get the victory? Yeah, going with the Canadian once again. Charles Jordan uh, has been improving in his recent fights. There used to be a time when he was a little reckless. Now he's got real game plans when he's going out there. And he's finding a finish more often than not. His guillotine is one of the better ones in the whole division. Uh, Sean Woodson has got a very, very long frame. And that neck, it, it's been snatched before. Julian Arosa submitted him in round three. Took away his undefeated record. Uh, that Luis Saldana fight, that goes down as a uh, as a split draw. But that yeah. was a fight he should have lost. He basically got knocked out, but Saldana was showboating so much that he let the fight slip out of his hands. I think Jordan um, has a serious killer instinct. And uh, I think the fact that he's fighting in his hometown once again will fire him up extra. And uh, I think he finds a finish in round three. Uh, Woodson has slowed down before. And also, he likes to mix in wrestling here and there. That's how he won his last fight. And uh, I do think that he will leave his neck open. And I think Charles Jordan gets that guillotine in round three. Yeah. Um, Going to be a good one. Looking forward to it. Charles Jordan. Obviously, I've got Air Jordan as well. Um, be a fantastic one on the prelims. Definitely make sure you catch that one. Uh, Going to be a good one. Next one. Sahi Sadi. Uh, I, I'd love, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but um, Luke from MMA Unhinged, obviously, he, he does interviews here. He's Canadian. He, inter he interviews all these fantastic Canadian fighters, and he's had the pleasure to speak to most of them. Well, I say most of them, but, you know, some of them on this card. Um, he, spoke, he spoke to Brad Katona, he spoke to Sadi, and he spoke to Gillian Robertson. Um, and he's always spoke to me about, obviously, Sadi. 10-1, and one, came off the contender series. He talked to me about how good he is. He's taken on Raman Tavares. Uh, Tavares, sorry, uh, who obviously got a victory in his last last time out against, um, oh my god, these names get harder and harder. He had back-to-back -back, um, uh, fights. Oh, that's actually a rematch from the contender series, the first fight. I don't remember that one off the top of my head. I, I presume Oscar remembers that one. Um, obviously, uh, Serhi Sidi got the victory that night. Does he get it again? Yeah, so Kevin McDonald messed up the first time these two fought. Sidi uh, got a knockdown was ready to land the ground pound and finish it off, but uh, it was just waved off too early. But uh, honestly, it was just a formality, the ground and pound. I think City would have finished him anyway. Uh, Tavares, he actually landed a couple shots in that first fight. Didn't matter. City just landed the first huge shot, and he dropped them. I think this fight is just going to reestablish what we already know. City is a serious power puncher, and he's 
he's seriously going to get um, a real finish this time. I think he gets that first round knockout. Not much else to say here. He proved that he already can can drop him, and I just think he this time around he's going to be able to finish him off a of ground and pound. That's the only difference. Uh, yeah, um, completely agree. Uh, Luke has gone on about uh, City, so let's see how he gets on. Uh, Ten and one Canadian prospect, be a good one for the Canadian fans. Next one, Gillian Robertson, been around in the UFC for for how long now? Um, feels like forever. Uh, you know, we've kind of watched her grow up. And she's only 28 years old. I feel like there is still a lot to come from Gillian Robson. Um, still have not seen the best of her, I feel like. Um, but she's so one-dimensional. Um, it, you know, it's incredible. You, you, you know what to expect from Gillian Robson. She's going to look to hold you down and submit you. That's pretty much it. Um, our, last our last few losses uh, have been to be for Ricky and won back in the day against JJ Aldridge. Um, she went on a two-fight winning streak, beat Maria Agapova. Uh, and she also beat uh, Pereira Rodriguez 9-0. She takes on Pollyanna Viano, who comes off the defeat against Izumin Lucindo. Um, before that, beating Junior Frey by Hooks, uh, uh, Tiki Oda, uh, and, and obviously lost to the beef for Ricky as well. They have mutual losses. Um, this one, as you can see, uh, according to Topology and the betting odds, Jenna Robinson is a slight favourite, and I, would, I, I probably would agree with that. Um, and I probably would go for Gillian Robinson submission because I, I just believe that's the only way that Gillian Robinson can win. Uh, if you look at Pollyanna Viana's losses, she has been submitted by uh, Lucindo. She has been submitted by Veronica Hardy. Um, she's been submitted in the past, and I feel like that's what... Well, we know where Gillian Robinson shines. She shines on the ground. She shines in them grappling exchanges, and I think Gillian Robinson gets the submission victory. I think that's the only way I can put it. Yeah, honestly, I just think this is... A bad fight for Viana. Uh, she does well when she's got a big advantage on the ground over her opponents. And uh, on the feet, uh, she usually doesn't do all that well. Um, I do think she probably has the advantage standing with Jalen Robertson. But it doesn't matter. Robertson has got better wrestling. She's going to take her down. She's going to tie her out Viana. And Viana, um, she may be a jiu-jitsu world champion on paper. But it doesn't look that way in the octagon. She gives up submissions. And Robertson is the queen of submissions in the UFC, especially uh, back when she was at flyweight. So I think she taps her out in round two. That's just what, what she's uh, an expert at. And Viana, um, as I said, in her last fight, she gave it up to Is Yasmin Lucindo very easily. And I think that Robertson is even better than Lucindo on the ground. Well, yeah. Uh, completely agree. Uh, Dylan Robinson, very underrated. Um, good grappler. Uh, definitely feel like obviously that obviously that's the only way she wins and gets the submission victories. And uh, one dimension has talked about, you know, very, very relies heavily on that, you know, the grappling stuff like um, next one, Johan Lanace versus Sam Patterson, another Brit on the card. This one, 170 pounds. Um, obviously, Sam Patterson has been fighting at lightweight, um, uh, most of his career. Uh, and last one, he, uh, he he fought a lightweight against Yanao Ashmus. Um, obviously, got knocked out, uh, KO'd. Obviously, it was a counter left and then uh, ground strikes to follow. Um, and that and eventually put Sam Patterson out. Johan Lenice has showed a, you know, a, a little bit of what he can do uh, in his career. Uh, and, you know, striking. Um, obviously, he's, he's lost to uh, Gabe Green. He's lost to Mike Malat. Got submitted, he got submitted and got knocked out. 
That's his only two losses inside his career. He's beat Darian Weeks. Um, he's beat Justin Berlinson, another Brit, actually, on the Contender Series. Um, you know, he, he showcased some power um, in, in, in his career. And obviously, Sam Patson got knocked out badly in his last one. Um, I'm riding with my man, Sam Patterson. And you know, they, as you can see here, the, you know, the betting odds, um, Sam Patterson is a near even plus 120. Uh, Johan Lanais is a slight favorite by minus 145. So there's really not a lot into him, uh, not, not a lot in, into this, according to the betting odds. I know maybe Oscar's probably got something, something crazy. He knows something crazy about these, but I'm going with Sam Patterson. Really, really good guy. Striking is really good. Six foot three. Even for welterweight, that's huge. At lightweight, he was ridiculously big. Um, 78 reach advantage. Uh, reach advantage. 78 reach. He's got a two each reach advantage. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna look good. Um, don't know how he's gonna win, but I, I, I'm just rooting for my man. Um, it was sad to you know see the last fight. He's going over there in Canada. He's fighting a tough Johan Linares who's looked good on the feet. Um, I think he gets the job done. Um, uh, don't know how. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know how. Don't know when. I'm just. I'm just rooting for my man Sam. I, I wanted to get. He's been on the channel, and he's a really nice guy. I, I promise. This is not personal. I'm. I'm actually thinking in my head. Yeah. Um. Linus follows me on Instagram as well, so I like both guys. But I do think that Patterson has a much better overall game. Linus is kind of just a uh, monster truck, if you will. He just wants to run over his opponents. He's got brutal KO power. But I just think that this this may be a big ask for him, fighting a guy in Sam Patterson who's got such a slick jujitsu game. On the contender series, he showed it off. He's got those really long limbs, so he can get um, submissions from angles other guys can't. I think on the feet, he has the potential to uh, to hurt Johan on the feet. And also, in terms of uh, wrestling, he probably has the advantage there. And he's moving up a weight class. So maybe that helps his durability. I also think that there's some defensive uh, vulnerabilities that he probably has corrected since then. Let, let's just hope. It's not like a, a Patty Pimlet situation where he says he's corrected it, but he still has the same tendencies. I think he can, if he can stay safe on the feet, he'll take it to the ground and he'll find himself a, a red naked choke in round two after Lioness has, uh, has tired out because he's one of these guys that is not the same fighter as the rounds go on. Absolutely. Uh, Going to be a good one. Looking forward to it. Hopefully Sam gets it done. Rooting for him. Um, it's good to see the Brits go out there at a broad uh, international stage and, you know, and see you know see them fight. Hopefully Sam gets it done. Let's go, Sam. Uh, team Crossface. Um, obviously, that's, that's where he fights from. But, you know, good to see, get, see, good to see him out there. Um, next one. Jasmine Justavicius versus Priscilla Cachoeira. Um, This one is at £125. Jasmine Justavicius has showcased a lot. Uh, you, know, you know, not a legit contender, but you know she's showcased a little bit in her last few fights. Obviously, she lost to Tracy Cortez, lost to Tyler Silva, but you know she beat Miranda Maverick, um, who I, I thought Miranda Maverick was decent, um, but she suffered a, suffered a few losses. Um, she, he's, she's also a less read back in the day. Um, this one, pretty pretty of a close one to call. Oscar, who have you got? For me, I'm super confident in Jasmine Jestavizius. This is an excellent matchup for her. On the feet, uh, the edge probably goes to Priscilla, but the thing is that the wrestling advantage is so huge for Jasmine that the takedown threat alone 
but probably shut down Priscilla a little bit on the feet. And uh, we've seen Priscilla get easily submitted before. So uh, it would not surprise me if we see Jasmine find a finisher, but I do think she wins a unanimous decision. She just gets the takedown whenever she wants it. And we've seen how awful Priscilla can be off of her back. She's just not, not a good grappler whatsoever. So this is a very favorable matchup for the Canadian. That's why she's a four to one favorite. Yeah. Uh, Priscilla Cachoeira, um, zombie girl. No, obviously she's looking for that knockout all the time, throwing them big bombs. Uh, when she gets tired, it's um pretty much game over. Um, but yeah, this one, uh, a good one. Jasmine probably gets it done. Uh, next one, 125 pounds, Malcolm Gordon versus Jimmy Flick. Um, Jimmy Flick, uh, if I'm correct, retired, came back. Uh, obviously, uh, he, he lost it, Charles Johnson. Um, uh, obviously, when he came back, he lost against Charles Johnson, uh, lost against Alessandro Costa. Uh, Malcolm Gordon, two losses back-to-back as well against Mohamed Merkiv, uh, and obviously a last one against Jake Hadley. Um, two decent enough losses. Uh, Merkiv, there's no shame in that one. Jake Hadley, that, that's not too bad. Uh, Jake Hadley's obviously showcased, you know, a little bit of a game. Um, last, obviously, he's on. He, he just lost, but Jimmy Flick, it seemed like there was potential, had that break, and I feel like he's trying to get back up to speed of things. Could this be the first chance Jimmy Flick, you know, gets a win and gets that momentum back that he once had before he left, you know, before he left and retired? Yeah, I, I do think this is a good fight for him because he's not fighting a, a guy with a, like a lot of pop in his hands. He's not fighting uh, Alexander, Alexander Costa. He's not fighting Charles Johnson. Both guys are historically not like big knockout artists, but I really think Malcolm Gordon is a bit one-dimensional. He does have some more tie training, but he's always looking for submissions, and he himself is not durable at all. You hit this guy clean, he'll topple over. Um, and he's been caught in submissions multiple times in his UFC run. And uh, Jimmy Flick, he's he's so slick, man. He got that flying triangle against Cody Durden in his debut, and that ate, that win aged pretty well, if you ask me. So I do think that a Jimmy Flick will take the fight where he wants it to the ground. And I think he finds himself getting a submission in round one. I think this is going to yeah. be pretty quick for Jimmy Flick. I like that stick flick um, quick. How, how long could we go on for us? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a good fight. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking to see slick flick um, get get the job done. Uh, obviously, you know he had that lot of momentum beating. You know, obviously talked about you know the flying uh, triangle against uh, Cody Durden. Obviously, that win aged brilliantly. Um, so we'll see how he gets on this weekend. That's pretty much it. UFC two ninety seven Oscar uh, in Canada. It's a great card. Two title fights at the top of the bill. As you can see there, see there, Sean Strickland. Drikis Duplessy, Raquel Pennington, and Myra Bueno Silva. Oscar, what's your pick for fight tonight? Other than the main, the main, the main fight. Yeah, I think Chris Curtis and Mark Andre Barriot, those guys are going to throw down, and uh, I do think that Mark Andre Barriot is going to surprise a lot of people. I'm a big fan of his, and uh, I say he's not a bad bet in terms of underdogs on this card, which. You saw me. I'm not afraid to take an underdog on this card. So uh, I think this is going to be a really fun fight card to watch overall. I know in terms of name value, it's not crazy like UFC 299 or UFC 300, but 
I expect this to be a very quality card top to bottom with a bunch of very excited Canadian fans because these fans have not gotten a fight card since I think it was uh, Brian Ortega versus Max Holloway in December of 2018, I think it was. So they're going to be very hyped for this card. And uh, I think the majority of the Canadians are going to get wins. So expect huge reactions from the crowd. Yep. Should be good in front of the fans, in front of the Canadian fans. Um, I'm looking forward to it. It's always good. To, you know, it feels extra special when there's fans in the arena. Um, it makes it, it, you know, it, it feels better when, you know, when you see that big knockout uh, and the fans go wild. It's good, man. I love it. I love it. Um, the, you know, the delayed reactions of the fans. Uh, you, you, know, you know, the celebrities turn up to the fans, the guest appearances, the fight is there. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I feel like, it, you know, it, this is a fantastic way to start off uh, 2024. Um, we, we've got a fantastic year of fights this year. And this is the first pay-per-year 2024. And I feel like we're kicking it off in a fantastic way. Ladies and gentlemen, UFC 297 is going down this weekend. Make sure you don't miss it. Oscar, do you have any last sending off words before we let them go? That's pretty much it. Yeah, make sure and enjoy the fights and be with us next Thursday for the recap of this Saturday's events. I think we'll have a lot of talking points, potentially. Um, we're, we'll at least have one new champion in the co-main event, maybe two. So that alone is going to give us a lot to talk about. And uh, maybe the main event for UFC 300 uh, shapes up by then. But either way, make yeah. sure to join us next week and enjoy the fights. Absolutely that. Make sure you do what Oscar said. Join us next week here uh, for another episode of March and Silver MMA Show. Uh, make sure you catch it on all Spotify platforms. And if you are li listening to a Spotify platform, make sure you continue listening because uh, there is a Mark Hunt interview that is going to follow this show or be at the start of the show. I'm not sure how Oscar's going to do it, but if you are listening, it could be next. Uh, but anyway, enjoy that interview with Mark Hunt. He's a crazy man. He loves it. He's a showman. Uh, and I can't wait to see him fight next time. Uh, whether it's, you know, BKFC versus Mick Terrell, whether it's, you know, whoever, boxing in Australia. We talked about the whole lot. Make sure you go listen. Um, fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you catch us next weekend. Thursday, we'll be here. Thank you very much. And we'll see you all next week. Enjoy the fights this weekend and have a good one. Bye.